Before the episode starts, I want to let you know about a nice discount code that I've been given by Ample. When you go to the official Ample website and order any product, at checkout, use the code BIOHACKER15. That's the word BIOHACKER with the numbers 1-5, and you'll get a nice discount on your product. Plus, for the month of April 2018, I've been given the chance to give away a 30-day supply of Ample to a lucky winner. To qualify, you need to be based in the US so it can be shipped to you. Plus, I need you to go to the Connor Young episode page on biohackerslab.com. If you can't find it, just Google it and you'll be able to find it. And when you're on the episode page, just scroll to the bottom and leave a comment. If you get a friend to leave a comment too, and they mention you, then both of you stand a chance of winning a 30-day supply of Ample. Best of luck to both of you. Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Cohen, and on today's episode, I have Connor Young. Connor is the inventor and CEO of Ample Foods that makes different meal replacements like Ample K ketogenic meal replacement. He has a degree in biology, has run a CrossFit gym, been a medical device sales rep, and been involved in a physical therapy startup company. Connor, thanks so much for coming on to today. Thanks so much, Gary. Appreciate it. No problems. So I've tried your product, um, well, one of your product ranges, which is Ample K, the one I introduced there. Um, I was lucky enough to get sent some, and that's how I learned, first learned about your product and uh, been listening to some of the podcast episodes you've done elsewhere too. And I think it's great because you're going to be the first person I'm going to get to talk about food science and what goes into making, as, as you advertise on the leaflet, a real food ingredients compared to, I guess, non-real food ingredients. So I think we're going to be um, educating some myself and other others today exactly what goes into meal replacements. Perfect. Um, so, so I'd like to start off just with a general story, brief story behind you getting into meal replacements like why 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 meal replacements <laughs> sure sure so um so as you kind of as you had alluded to with my background i'm, I'm a little bit of a bio nerd um i i decided pretty early on i wanted to be in the business of health um in whatever context that meant so um you know i majored in biology i got into this whole crossfit thing early um and then you know when i was when i was i guess I was, I was doing CrossFit gym plus, um, selling medical devices. And this is sort of, in my mind, the difference between proactive and reactive healthcare. And, um, and I bar far, by far preferred the proactive. Uh, it just seemed like a lot more of efficient and a, and an effective way to do healthcare. Um, and so I wanted to do a company in that. So I, I made my physical therapy, you know, company and, um, and unfortunately that flopped. Um, it was basically a physical therapy patient like engagement platform, a, a startup in, in Silicon Valley. But, but being then in Silicon Valley, uh, moving from Minneapolis, uh, to, to San Francisco, I was living in this, um, I guess you could say it, it kind of felt like a nerd frat house. Um, <laughs> there were about 50 people living in this house and, um, and, you know, mostly in their mid, mid to late twenties, um, people who had had a few years of, you know, uh, of experience outside of school and, um, and they're all trying to make it in, in San Francisco where rent prices are, you know, off the roof, like 
off the chain. It's just ridiculous. And so, um, but wanted a, a kind of a good community. Now I was the sort of health, the, the health expert of the, of the group there. And, um, what was interesting is, you know, up until this point, I had read several hundred, you know, clinical journals on, on nutrition. Um, and I was still a CrossFit coach. I was still, you know, very much into nutrition. And so they would ask me, okay, Connor, like, how do I, how do I make this whole nutrition thing work when I have a, when I'm working literally 12 hours a day or more? Um, and, and I was like, well, you know, here's the way, here's how you could cook your food. And they're like, well, I understand that it could, I understand that, that theoretically making your Brussels sprouts and, and, and grass fed beef might be better than what I'm having uh, for lunch, but I'm still not going to do it. Um, so could you make something that's better? Um, there's another product that came out that actually made my friend, it, it was another meal replacement and it, and it actually made him not feel well, like, like SIBO, like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, and he was this one who specifically asked me, Connor, could you make a product that's, that just immediately solves my need of, for, for fuel in the middle of the day when I have a bunch of things going on, but like optimally so, like not, not just kind of quenches hunger, um, but also is the best for me. Um, and it took a few months actually for me to kind of get around to the idea because honestly, I didn't trust food companies at that time. I really, I kind of saw most food companies as effectively just marketing um, without real substance. And I didn't want to be like one of them uh, until I realized, well, I don't have to. So, so why not just, you know, try to start something that, that uh, is, is in my mind, the, the best uh, packaged food you could make um, while at the same time knowing that real food, like real whole foods is, is likely best. Um, and I have no qualms about that. I mean, if someone is, is having a great high quality diet that they're making themselves, then the, there may, there may be no need for ample. But if someone is having those difficulties and saying, Hey, in the middle of the day, I'm like, I'm choosing between like, um, I don't know, X or Y, like, a lot of times it's not even, it's not even, um, fast food that people are, are like deciding between. It's like, it's even just subpar snacks or, you know, this, this thing with bread in it. And I just don't want the bread or whatever. So like, how do I, how do I make something that's choose between sub, subpar options or in this case, you know, have an ample. And so that's kind of where, where the ideas came from. And, you know, I started it. I was literally just mixing powders in my, in my house. Um, giving them to, Z to Zoli was his name. Um, and, uh, and basically just gave them to him. He's like, this is fantastic. It, it solves my problem. And over the course of the next few months, I get, got the product to the point where it tasted really, really good. Um, and, uh, and that's where I was like, all right, well, I think we have a potential business opportunity here. So that's kind of where I ran an Indiegogo campaign and, um, we, we became the number one food campaign ever on Indiegogo. And I think the rest, uh, kind of grew relatively organically from there cool. so I, I like it when um when you were saying about that sort of nerd frat house that gets me thinking of that tv series series uh, silicon valley and there's the incubator uh, yeah but you're saying like there's a lot of guys who just get crammed into a house and yeah they're just typing away at their computers and there's no time to do anything like cook real food and this is why there's a demand for things like meal replacements say, how do I get quality nutrition as quick as possible? I think, I think so. The funny thing is it's like, yes, I agree with that. 
I, w- I will also say that the, that the use case that I mentioned is a pretty niche use case. There's not a lot of nerd frat houses in the world. But I will say that like since starting this business, I realized there were so many other use cases that people were kind of gravitating towards. Like I have a few friends who are residents, you know, um, medical residents, and they're like, I have no time in the middle of the day to like have actual food, even though, I'm, you know, I'm a doctor. I've got a lot of stuff going on. You know, people in finance, people in sales, where they're always, you know, in the car, um, you know, and it's just, I think that there are a decent amount of, of, of use cases in which, you know, unfortunately, the amount of healthy foods that are available to us, you know, at any given moment, if, if for instance, someone's traveling on the, on the, on a plane and in an airport, they have literally just endless crappy options, um, you know, and especially as, as well. And this is one of the reasons why I created the, the keto product is the fact that we're living in a very non-keto world and yet a lot of people choose to be keto. So how do you do keto when you're on the run? Mm -hmm. Um, And so the, and and the the use cases here are unfortunately endless because it's, it is difficult to actually have these diets that are, that retain, that, that require a degree of structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I would agree with, you You know, um, when you are on the move and you break your environment where you can source foods, like you normally could it you end up making potentially poor food choices just because you you need food or your family or your kids or something um mm-hmm. no i can understand loads of different situations where you could benefit from something like this mm-hmm. um but what i'd i'd like to find out too is so getting into big food in a way you know people talk mm-hmm. about big pharma big food um you've entered that world by making a food product. So what have you learned about the food industry and the standards and the practices that have gone into making meal replacements before you came in? Yeah. Um, there's two, two sides of this coin. Um, I want to talk about, uh, I'll talk about how it's not as screwed up and then how it is as screwed up. Um, first of all, as, the, the fact that it's not as screwed up. Um, I, I actually, I think I have a little bit more empathy for food companies now. I feel like beforehand I was a crusader who was just like, Oh, you have, you know, extra sugar in your product. You're, you're a terrible human being. I, you know, why would you ever do that? You're poisoning, you know, everyone. Um, or, you know, I, I say sugar, it could be, it could be any sort of ingredient that I deem as not good. Um, but now kind of being there, I'm like, I can see why someone would do that because, because in reality, a lot of people are actually asking for it. Um, it's not like, it's not like, you know, everyone doesn't want to not, you know, no sugar. It's, it's whether it's fortunate or not. The funny thing is, is that like people still, the consumers at large still ultimately just want a product that tastes good. And if it can make them like, like psychologically feel like they're doing the right thing they they will and so this is why a lot of companies get i think tempted to kind of go down that route of like you know cutting corners because they're like well i'm not even even if i take the higher track the higher like who's going to see it i there i don't know you know i, I don't know who's like they're they're saying like i don't get any benefit for doing any extra work so why do the extra work um and I understand that, 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 that like viewpoint, it's just, it's just not mine. Um, I feel like even if a customer 
isn't as educated, they should still have the best quality, you know, food. It's like, you know, even if a customer doesn't understand why a car is safe, it doesn't mean that you should make an unsafe car. Um, so I, I've, I've kind of had that kind of approach to it. I will say though that, you know, when we're talking about the actual quality of the food of, or, you know, to your original question, what it, what is, what have I sort of learned? Um, it's, it's very interesting in the food, uh, ingredient sourcing side of things where it's, it would be easy to not make a great product. Um, and, the one thing is like, however, I will say that food brands have a lot, I would say less control than you might expect. I think a lot of times people have the assumption that food brands can just magically like procure an ingredient. And then, so for instance, I will say this, um, and I'm going to throw ourselves under the bus here. Um, in, in Ample K, we have a thing called, um, we have tapioca dextrin in Ample K. Um, tapioca dextrin is a, is a starch. And so someone might be like, well, Connor, why are you putting tapioca dextrin in there? What are you, an idiot? <laughs> and it's like, no, not, uh, well, I mean, maybe I'm an idiot, but, um, but in this case, it's because you kind of don't have a choice. It's because literally, you know, we, the brands are actually customers of these ingredient companies. And the problem is, is like, if an ingredient doesn't exist, then we can't put it on our product. And so we either have to create it ourselves or with in conjunction with the um, ingredient suppliers or we, or we just pass and we're just not going to have that ingredient in there. And I know I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling here, but it's been very interesting to see that the, see the actual choices that ingredient that, that brands have. And in some cases they're fine, but in some cases, and especially when it comes to, to lipids, to fats, the ingredient choices that we have aren't all that good yet. Um, and so that's kind of where we as a company have been um, spending a lot of our R&D, R&D resources to help the food industry and especially specifically our suppliers level up their games so that they can make higher quality um, lipids uh, for us, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, you know, I've, I've had two other um, sort of, what am I going to say? They're not startups because they're already existing, but two, uh, two other supplement companies uh, called Natural Stacks and um, Human now, they're, they're rebranded. And um, so humans are out of San Francisco too and Natural Stacks are things down in Austin, Texas. But what I liked about those two companies is that they're trying, they're trying to disrupt the supplement world by doing open source supplements. So they're mm-hmm. trying to educate people about the whole supply chain. And I'm guessing that's what you've learned about the supply chain of how do you source it? Once you've yeah. sourced it, how is it shipped? Once it's shipped and it goes to the manufacturing plant, how is it manufactured? How are you guaranteed that the manufacturer is actually going to make the product that you want to make are the these are the kind of things that you're also learning as you as you try and make uh, the highest quality product 100 percent. i mean i think one of the things is like you can choose to be a brand like you know most if you're a food company and you, you have you have a product on the shelf or, or or in the on a website like ours right so ample k you could either choose to be a brand like exclusively a brand and not really get much into the product and have someone else formulate your product, have someone else do this, the kind of the, the ingredient sourcing and say, Hey, you know what? I, I really don't care. I want a protein powder and I want it to taste good. So 
here's my like, and I only have like two rules. One is that it's got to be, let's say, non-GMO, and the other one is that it can't have less than you know more than ten grams of sugar or whatever. Um, mm. And and then someone else just kind of does it, and then you get the product, and then you market the product. And frankly, that's a lot of that's a lot of um, food companies, and especially in the supplement world, that is a ton of supplements um, because supplements you know, a lot of times are, are simply marketing companies and saying someone else just make me a product that I can sell. Um, whereas, um, I think, and, and I've talked to Jeff at, at human as well, actually, Jeff and I used to work in very, we literally used to work, uh, in the same office, um, Jeff at human. And, um, and so we've talked, um, you know, quite at length about the sort of the supply chain, like you're talking about. And if you decide to get into that world, it, it is, um, it is harder for sure, but it also means that you, at, at the end of the day, have a, a product that that can actually start uh, stand apart because because you're actually doing the work to make it somewhat different. Um, you know, you're not just taking the off the shelf ingredients, and that's kind of where where I I'd, I'd like us to play because otherwise, what's the point of just taking a bunch of ingredients that people have already figured out how to use and doing no innovation? Like, where's the where's the kind of the progress in that and so that's sort of your unique selling point is that you're trying to help make higher quality ingredients to make the as you said the best product that you can for meal replacements because mm-hmm. um a meal replacement is just there to try replace a real food meal and um at the end of the day real food always trumps uh, meal replacements generally as long as your real food is high quality mm-hmm. um but at least in this case here as a consumer, that's always the questions that I would have in my mind is that, okay, is it nutritious? And then like, are, th- are there funky ingredients in this that I need to be, <laughs> be aware of? Um, and maybe if we could then move into sort of like some of the ingredient part of things. So the food science and, yeah. and some of the problems that you've been solving. So the first, the big one I did when I did the review on Ample. Um, so first one, taste wise, you guys have done well. Ample K. It does taste great um but then the biggest question i got out of that was about the oxidized fat issue because it's ample case ketogenics has got more fats in it but now how do you make powdered fats without oxidizing the fat yeah um so the way that you do that is actually um effectively by by putting in vitamin e um it uh there's so vitamin E isn't is called alpha tocopherol. Um, although they would just call mixed tocopherols is, is what they, what they kind of say. But effectively, if you, if you, um, while you're spray drying, uh, I mean, so the way that you do this is, well, first, first of all, I'll say that the oxidation process really only is, is, um, likely with the monounsaturated fats. Um, things like coconut oil and MCT oil, um, are probably not going to get oxidized because they don't really have any, because they're, they're fully loaded with hydrogens anyway. Um, but the, the macadamia and the chia seed do have a potential for that. And so the way that you, you fix that is by, is by, um, as you're, you know, spraying these, these oils onto the, um, uh, onto the, kind of solid part which is which is in some cases a fiber in some t- cases a carb and we're actually working on right now by um uh spraying fat onto protein which would basically mean that you don't have any excess carbs for your you know if so if you want to have fat in your in your product 
but the fat of course has to be still powder, then, um, if you spray it onto, to, uh, protein, then it's actually, you don't have any extra carb that you don't want. So that would be a, a huge win for us. And we're work, working on that right now. Um, is that going to be a breakthrough then, I guess, in the food science? I think it will. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen anyone else who's, who's done it. Um, at least not without extra, like you, you could, but then you have a lot of extra, um, artificial ingredients that you have to put in as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're working on doing it in a, in a natural way where it doesn't require extra kind of, you know, emulsifiers or binders or whatever, like extra artificial ingredients. Um, and, uh, and I think we're, we're, we're close. Um, so. But in, you know, of course, in the in the food science world or the food world, close can mean several months away still. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with uh, um, so with the the oxidizer, it sounds like it's highly unlikely unless it's one of the mon- monounsaturated ones, correct. and that you're trying to figure out ways of of binding it to other ingredients to make it more stable. Is it? Or well, I I I messed up by kind of getting. I, I think I confused people. The reason you actually have to so. Every single fat um, is, um, for the most part, it's liquid at, at room temperature, and so you to make it a powder, you have to you have to have something that can carry it as a powder. And so the the, the traditional food in- industry way of doing it is to say, all right, for every one part, let's say coconut oil, we're going to have one part um, GMO corn maltodextrin. Um, now that would be the traditional way to do it, but the, the unfortunately, of course, a if you don't want GMOs, that's not good. If you don't want corn, that's also not good, and that by definition means that you have one, you know, one part carb to every one part fat. So for keto, it's just impossible. You could never be keto while having that. So what we've what we've been able to do is first of all um, work with work with uh, ingredient suppliers to have to to find out ways to make it much more fat for every carbohydrate and and potentially to have the this ingredient instead of just carbs be something different one is fiber which wouldn't increase the glycemic index at all um or or protein um which wouldn't increase any carbs at all and so that's kind of what i was saying and that's on one side of things now in the process of making of of spray drying though um it, it does have to be you know heated a little bit um and so, so the question is, well, how do you heat something without ha- having it oxidized? And that's where the, al- al- that's where the, um, vitamin, vitamin E, e. And the, the tocopherols. And by, by simply putting, you know, vitamin E in there, uh, then you're able to make sure that it's, that it doesn't, um, it doesn't oxidize the, uh, the macadamia or the chia seed. And, you know, you can, you can test this by, you know, peroxide value. Or simply by tasting. I mean, humans can just taste very easily if something's oxidized. And so you can know pretty quickly if something's oxidized. And uh, suffice it to say, uh, if you thought it tasted halfway decent, then it's quite likely it's not oxidized. Okay, great. Well, like I said, that was well, that was definitely one of the top questions was um, concern about you know damaging the the healthy fats mm-hmm. um, and consuming that. So uh, yeah, already that's already interesting. Just how the the issue that happens in the food industry of how do you take fat and then make it into uh, powdered or you know to make a, a, pro- a product? And I, when you brought up GMO and corn, because you, you don't use any genetically modified or no. corn-based products do you in, mm. in your product correct 
okay great because <laughs> you know a lot of people they they when you are on that health route and you're learning about health you 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 do realize like ah, actually I, I don't want gmo i want more natural foods that mm-hmm. aren't being played with too much um so i'd also like to know then um do you have any sort of like msg in your uh product at all also too Be- there's nothing like that there. There's no hidden. You know, a lot of people are always concerned that MSG has been labeled in multiple names and it gets hidden on labels. But oh, yeah, that's, no. that, that's not, it's not hidden in your product some way to make it more addictive or palatable. No, no. Um, trust me, I, I wish Ample was super addictive. Um, <laughs> just, some people do find it, it, it addictive, but in a, in a different way. Not yeah. in like a, I've, my, you know, my glutamate receptors are being played with type of way, but. Okay, good to know. No, it's just, uh, again, that's another thing that commonly happens with processed foods, you know, where and quick convenient foods is um, that something like that is added in there to, to make people want to have it and they don't, and they don't know why. Um, I'd also like to, to find out then, um, with the sweeteners that you've used in the product to make it yeah. sweeter. Um, you've got, I saw there was honey and, um, stevia extract and then monk fruit. Are those your two, like, or your three mango? main main go-to sweeteners for for the product yes um yeah and you know the the interesting thing is so both of those so stevia and monk fruit are, are, are natural sweeteners and most people actually don't have much of an issue with with them i would say that, that some people complain about stevia because they don't like the stevia taste um mm-hmm. although i think most people who don't like the stevia taste are are used to um i guess they're used to to, to products that overdo stevia, it's very easy to, to overdo it. Uh, I mean, because you're measuring these in milligrams here because stevia is so powerful. Um, you know, if you have, for instance, 20 milligrams in a product, that might be too powerful for something. So we have several times less than that. Um, and so similarly, uh, monk fruit also can have some weird aftertaste. But what's interesting is that we've, we've kind of, uh, discovered that the, the, that the synergy between monk fruit and um, and stevia and honey together makes it uh, such that it kind of has this this sweet taste, um, and it's kind of like a synergistic relationship where it's it's not like one plus one plus one equals three; it's more like one plus one plus one equals six. So therefore, we can have half as much of each of them as we would have otherwise. So this is how you've managed to keep the um, the net carbs down and not, uh, but still maintain that sweetness factor, which you said is so important in the food industry to yeah. make someone want to keep buying a product. Well, yeah, I mean, effectively, I mean, it's if if someone doesn't like what they're tasting, um, I, I think you have to be really, really hardcore from a nutrition standpoint to not like what you're eating and then still continue to buy it and eat it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but so, so like as you could make something as healthy as you want, but if no one eats it, then it's not, it, it doesn't make, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of what, what the goal is here. And that's why we've been able to kind of formulate, especially for Ample K, having it, you know, pretty decently sweet while only having, you know, less than two grams per of, of, of honey per, per serving, um, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah. And, um, I will admit, you know, when I did my review of Ample Cane on the YouTube video, I that was um, actually as I'd just come off my carnivore diet experiment where I was very strict for only me eating meat for 30 days. And having your Ample K, I, 
I said how it was a bit like having a dessert. It was <laughs> so not not in a bad way that I was thinking it's overloaded with sugar, but you know, t- just comparing it to other food groups, you can actually taste that it was it was it was nice, it was palatable. And so I, I could I just thought when you were talking earlier about the d- where people could use it, and I just thought of it as another way where people might be going ketogenic or low carb for the first time and this and they're missing the carb feeling and as a transitional food too you could use the ample k because it gives you that brain effect of like oh i'm having something sweet in a way mm-hmm. um and i just thought i don't know if anyone's ever said that or come across that in your market research to say would you could you use ample k as, as a transition food when you're struggling to come off carbs hmm I know that we have we have done some interesting like it, it, it. I think we still need a little bit more data here. I mean, frankly, the, the product only got released in in the end of January, so there's so only a couple of months worth of real data here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is something interesting that we're looking at because uh, people's people's taste palate changes after they go keto, um, and so it's it's interesting to see how much sweetness someone actually wants. Either, either when they're in a ketogenic state already, or whether it had changed, you know, from previously, and so it's kind of hard actually to kind of formulate something. This is a this is a debate that we have internally quite often. How sweet do we make it? Because we could make it more, or we could make it less, um, without <clears throat> without really changing the the nutrition profile much, much at all. And the question is, is well, where do we go? Do we go to more of the, like the people who are transitioning more, who actually want it sweeter, or do we want it potentially more for the people who are mm, already, already in a genetic state yeah. and, and actually don't want something keto? But then, of course, you ask, you ask the question: Well, someone someone who's been keto for a while, do they miss a sweet taste? Um, so it's at the moment, no no clue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So We'll figure that out probably over the next several months. <laughs> yeah, no, and again, I'm not not putting any pressure. I just wanted to give you some feedback there, saying how it, it is nice. It wasn't a bad bad sweetness too, and it is so true what you said there. I, I can remember when I used to eat a lot more carbs that, or even sweeter goods that my my palate, my taste buds have definitely changed when you go when you end up restricting that food out of your your dietary habits, mm-hmm. and so things that maybe weren't as sweet before will t- will maybe give you a heightened sense because you're, you're more aware of it now um and yeah that's an interesting thing you said there as a company how do you manage that because that's so wide you know so many different taste bud variations you have to deal with yeah well um that's hard <clears throat> yeah. what we've done in the past is what we do is just effectively surveys we say okay so what where do we want where do people see it? But, but then you also ideally try to map them in terms of your target demographic. And you're like, well, okay, so who, which customers are you trying to get? You know, and, and which trying, which customers are you trying to, to keep? And sometimes those are two different questions. Um, so this is something that we have internally. And, and unfortunately it requires a little bit more navel gazing than I wish, you know, I, I wish there was just a clear cut data driven answer for, for this. Um, I'm not sure we've found the answer. Um, and who knows, maybe at some point we make just multiple products, right? We make mm. ketogenic, like, you know, um, sweeter tasting. And then we make another one that just tastes very, very minimal. Um, I think, you know, at, at some point we'll, we'll likely have the resources to do multiple flavors. You know, at the moment we've been as a brand and as a company, you know, my vision has been to 
primarily focus on the nutritional aspects of each particular uh, food. Um, and that's why we make a different version versus the, the taste. But, you know, uh, we're, we're all human and we do want some variety in our, in our diets. Even if we're like, even if we're having like one of these every day, you know, we're going to get sick of it at some point. Uh, so probably making a couple of flavors, but that's sort of in the, in the later type of timeframes. So I don't want people to kind of get their hopes up that like <laughs> two weeks will have another flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so. When you brought up your other options there, I mean, we've been talking a lot about the Ample Care one, but you, as a company, you started off with Ample was the yeah. first one. But when I was looking at the ingredient list online there, um, is it that you've your regular Ample, your your vegan option and Ample K, they're all low carb, are they? I guess l- low to a certain extent. Um, it's low to the, well, it's certainly lower than the FDA would, would kind of consider but, you know, for a keto person, Ample Original is still way too high, high carb. So, for instance, you know, Ample Original has 16 net carbs in it, um, you know, for a 400 calorie version. Um, now, that's that's too high for a keto person. But, you know, for a person who's just saying, hey, I want a healthy meal replacement where I have, you know, a decent amount of you know protein, a decent amount of healthy fats and not too much carbs and a decent amount of fiber. Um, then this certainly hits, the, you know, fits the mark. Uh, you know, one of the, my philosophies, though, as well, has, has is, is the fact that like not all nutrition is, or not not all people are are created equal when when it comes to our different dietary needs. Where like my perfect diet might not be keto, while yours mm-hmm. might be. Um, and 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 the vision for the company is that at some point we have you know a slew of of several different products that can kind of optimally feel a particular lifestyle that people either know is good for them or maybe potentially that we help them find out what is best for them and then provide the product for that. Um, if we can potentially be part of the, the solution, even from a thought leadership perspective, that'd be fantastic as well. So, you know, this is the sort of first step with our, with our Ample Original, Ample, you know, V and which is the vegan or, or vegetarian version and then Ample K. And, you know, the, after that, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're going to be growing and kind of, getting a lot of data on these three versions before, you know, making other product expansions. Mm-hmm. Well, what you're talking about there is just biohacking, you know, and e equals one stuff where at the end of the day, we're all our own physiology, our own experiments, and we all make informed consent decisions about which path we want to take in life. And food is the big one. Everyone decides what kind of food choices they want to make. And I, I like it that you're, you're trying to assist people with their with their personal dietary preferences mm-hmm. um, and just making sure that they get enough nutrition out of the, whatever preference they're choosing in that case. So Thanks. that's, that's a good, that's a good philosophy for the company yeah. to have there. Um, so we talked about um, the, the, the fats and the sweeteners. I just want to ask you also about the protein that you put into the product. So, how come you decided to go with pea protein? Because it's not just pea you put in there. You also put in grass-fed whey. Mm-hmm. Um, so why, why did you add in pea? A couple of reasons. Um, one, because um, uh, first of all, I want to have a, a, a diverse... Like, I understand that there's a... Uh, okay, well, first of all, the way that you that you rate protein in terms of its completeness is by a, a thing called PDCAS. And some people can just look directly at the amino acid profile, but PDCAS, um, I think it stands for 
protein digestibility um, uh, composite amino acid score, uh, something like that. And and that if it's a, if it's num- like exactly one, then it means it's is a good. It's like a full complete protein. If it's less than one, it means it's incomplete. So uh, first of all, I'll say that uh, egg protein, um, soy protein, whey protein actually all have high pro- uh, have PDCAS of one. P does not. P is a P is an incomplete uh, protein. Um, the the thing though that that P does have is um, from a texture point of view, um, it actually allows us to have a um, a so it it still does provide amino acids while actually being able to provide a little bit of a thicker texture, and that is actually important for the satiety aspect of things. Um, because one thing as we're thinking about is isn't that Hey, it has the nutrition. It's got the calories, but it also has to make you feel like you're full. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense, because oh, otherwise yeah. your stomach isn't going to tell you, "Hey, I'm I'm done eating. I I can I can stop." You're just going to drink it. It's going to go down like water, and you're going to in five seconds want to have more food. And so, because this 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 pea protein actually has a little bit of a thicker consistency, um, you know, it allows it to kind of sit in the stomach for just a little bit, just enough time. That, uh, that, you know, sends, you know, the, the proprioception of your stomach says, Hey, brain, we're full now. We can stop eating. So that's kind of the reason why we put PP into the product. Okay. Yes. And as that is very true. If I have a shake, I want it to be thick, not just water. Otherwise it, it, it doesn't make you feel full. You have to drink a lot of water to make yourself feel full. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and so and that's one of the benefits from your stomach very quickly. So it's like, it's, you know, as soon as it's done, you're going to be like, okay, well, not now where's the food? Mm. And that's what I also found interesting when I had the product, uh, and you because you just make it with water and you just shake mm-hmm. it, and it it was very thick and creamy. And I was like, wow, that's amazing that you did. I could do that just with water without even adding milk to this product. It was it was incredible. So you've done yeah. very well on making it a thick feel. Well, we have two fantastic food scientists on the team who, um, you know, are. Uh, we're so lucky to have them. I could like, I got, you know, only so far with my initial version in my, in my kitchen, but you know, there's two people, Julie and Stephanie on the team. Julie is like, she's worked for three. She's, she's been a, a leader in the food industry industry for a long time. And, and I think what's fun is that like for, for both of them, they enjoy kind of being on, uh, on a, being involved in a company who's not just trying to fake healthy, you know, but is trying to actually make something healthy. Um, and that's a, and that is actually a very interesting problem for a food scientist who a lot of times are only ca- like concerned with making something taste good. Um, but in this case, it's a, it's a much harder, harder challenge to say, okay, well, let's make it taste good. But also here's your other constraints that you have to work in. You have a sandbox that's very small now that you can only play with these, these few things and you can't play with sugar and you can't play with, you know, MSG like you're talking about. And, and that's kind of one, one thing that's very exciting for them, you know, in fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they get to be mad chemists and, and really push the boundaries. And as you said, try figure out new ways of doing things too, because that's, you're, you're trying to make a healthier product and disrupt the market from what I can hear. Yeah. Cool. Um, so do you have any other sort of tips if someone does have an ample that you would suggest to get the most out of it, um, the best way to make it or, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Totally. So, uh, okay. So we have once again, three versions. Um, I will say ample K tastes good pretty much as it is. Um, I'm very happy with the flavor of, of ample K. I will say, however, that some people like, actually, you know, here, can I just like pause and just say, I'm not even sure if I've given the elevator speech on any of these things yet. I, I will say that they have, they have protein, fat, carbs, um, in, in some cases in ample K, very low carbs, uh, probiotics, prebiotics, greens, um, and they're 400 or 600 calorie, uh, meals and they come in powder, uh, but they come in a, in a single serve bottle. So all you have to do is just put water in it, shake it up and drink. Um, I only say this for the people who are not watching, um, the, the YouTube uh, version of this, if you're on audio, uh, what I'm holding now is just a single serving bottle. It's like a 16 ounce bottle. Um, and it comes halfway partially filled with, um, uh, with powder and you put the water in and then you shake it up and drink. And the reason why I wanted to do that was because, you know, A, it gives you a lighter set type of thing, makes us, you know, shipping costs much less, i.e. costs less for you to, to buy. And then, and then secondly, it's because, uh, you can travel with it. Don't have to worry about TSA or anything like that. And then thirdly, it allows you to customize it if you want to. And that's where some people like to potentially fill with different types of milks. So for instance, Ample Original tastes fantastic with almond milk, coconut too, but um, almond milk is phenomenal with Ample Original. Um, and uh, but, but for Ample K, I would say that, that water should be fine if you want even richer and creamier then yes uh add some add some milk but of course be be very cognizant of which milk you're adding otherwise if you're actually on a ketogenic diet and you add you know regular dairy milk you're gonna have you're gonna throw yourself out of keto because you'll just have too much sugar with the milk itself Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what i would what i would suggest um i would also suggest flipping it over tapping it and then kind of just loosening up the 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 powder just so that you can um, kind of avoid uh, the clumps. It, sh- it doesn't clump up that much if you if you kind of use that as a as a precaution. And sometimes it can be very very smooth. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if, okay. if that's what yeah they did because uh, so people listening to this that you can't if you do have any other dietary restrictions, but or you want to play around and hack with your food a little bit, you can add some of the other kind of milks, as you said. And al- yeah, almonds are good, a uh, good one. I've never tried. Um, I know my, my wife particularly likes like the nut buttermilks. And, um, but uh, so that would, that would be an interesting one. I will say some people have actually tried it with cold brew coffee and they really enjoy that taste as well. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So <laughs> mixing cof- cold brew coffee with, with your, uh, which one? Ample or Ample K? Have you? Um, actually both. Uh, okay. Specifically Ample K because it's a little bit creamier tasting. And so therefore the cold brew plus the creamy tasting can kind of feel like it's literally just like a latte. Um, that's, that's so California. I'm going to say very that. California. So yeah. warning, if you're not in California, I'm not sure if that's, you know, <laughs> you may be ridiculed. Um, yeah. But it's okay. You can either do that or avocado toast. <laughs> i'm just thinking of people now going down to whole foods you know and, and they're getting their cold brews and they and you could just be mixing the two together that's exactly. that would be a great uh, food, food experiment um connor uh what are the best ways for people to keep in touch with you or the company do you have any official websites and uh, social links you want to share at this point yeah so uh our website is www.amplemeal.com um just ample and then m-e-a-l dot com and then all of our 
Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. It's just at the at Ample Meal, A-M-P-L-E-M-E-A-L. So that's how you get in touch with all of us. Um, if you want to email me directly, I'm just Connor at AmpleMeal.com. Um, pretty simple, just first name, then Ample Meal. Um, that's it. Uh, I, I would say that's that's probably the best way to get it, get a hold of us. And so you're okay if if someone has a question about some of the ingredients or, or factors that they can use that email address to ask you? Yeah, go for it. Um, I might be a little bit slow. Uh, if you want a faster answer, however, I would say actually help at amplemeal.com is, is answers that have been vetted by me and they're, they're way quicker at it. So the customer support, we have Troy and Michelle and they're kick-ass customer support people and, um, they, uh, they can get back to, to, to someone very, very quickly. Okay, great. Well, thank you for the education today in, um, the world of, processing food and how you actually make something powdered um i found it really informative so again thank you so much for coming on to today thanks so much gary 